0: and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy. I'm Joe Stapleton. He's my work wife, James Hart again.
1: Happy Introduce-A-Girl-To-Engineering Day, Joe. A very noble and worthy cause.
0: It does sound like a noble and worthy cause, although I think I probably won't participate only because it would be weird for me to... Um, yeah, I don't know any girls.
1: I also think that you yourself probably need to have some kind of grounding in the world <laughs> right. of engineering in order to do that.
0: Excuse me, ma'am, I couldn't notice, but you have a daughter here in this pizza <laughs> shop. May I introduce her to... No, I'm not going to do that. Coming up on today's show, it's our Global Poker Awards preview show where we'll break down the pertinent categories with the pertinent human, the man in charge of it all, Global Poker Index President Eric Danis.
1: I'm now, glad... That you clarified that. I've always thought that Eric might be French Canadian, and it might be Danny. Good to know that it's Dennis I won't fuck that up when we introduce him.
0: It actually might be Danny. I've worked with him many, many years. I could be getting it wrong. Let's let's double check when he's on. Also, when I say he's in charge of it all, he's only in charge of the things you like. Uh, the stuff you don't like—that's someone else's department. We're gonna I we're gonna think, cover all that with him. I think
1: that's why you hired Kev Math, right? So that basically <laughs> yes. Kev Math could just take all the shit on social media.
0: Yeah, he's used to it. He can just absorb that stuff. Uh, I am headed to Las Vegas in just a few hours for those awards and probably a little nonsense, too. But uh, right now I'm in Florida because friend of the pod, Maria Ho, took me along to a very, very cool charity poker event. Put on by the NASCAR organization.
1: What is happening to you? In the space of (laughs) a week, NFL and NASCAR, two things that you would not have given five seconds thought to a month ago. You're now all over it.
0: That's right. I went from the Super Bowl to the biggest NASCAR event in 24 hours from each other, more or less. (laughs) So uh, I do have lots to tell you guys about both of those events. And uh, I'm just going to look around here uh, before I get on my plane and make sure I have my ticket to ride. Oh, because nice. This, yeah, this fan super fan. I could have done that, so much more of that, but I decided just to leave it at one. Because uh, this week's super fan subjects is one of my all-time just fine things, the Beatles. Oh,
1: I'm not going to rise to it. Carry on.
0: I I just I cannot begin to describe to all of you out there just how okay I think the Beatles – good even, good even – I wasn't there at the time. It's like when I try to show my girlfriend The Shield and they say shit and I'm like, you don't know how important this was. Like, no one ever said shit on TV before. And she's like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Like, who cares? That's kind of how I feel about the Beatles. I just can't wrap my head around how revolutionary they were because I've always had the Beatles.
1: I can't relate to that because I'm not that much older than you. I wasn't around during the 1960s. This band had split up five years before I was even born. And yet, I get it. So, anywho, we'll talk to Cam Travis because <laughs> he is our super fan. He's our Beatles expert. And I'm sure he's going to side with me rather than you. He,
0: he is here to answer the call of the yellow submarine or something. Anyway, okay, one no, last that, thing.
1: that one didn't work. That one didn't I, work.
0: Okay, well, I'm pretty sure that's it. Uh, can I get a ruling back after a long hiatus? Judge yeah. Joe and Judge James, we are back. And we're going to settle your disputes in what is likely to be two different but equally unsatisfying ways. (laughs)
1: Uh, A dispute that was posted on Discord, and a reminder that the link is in the podcast description to the Pokestars Discord server. I just want to thank you, everyone, for all the kind words in the wake of last week's episode. Much appreciated. Um,
0: Except for that one guy on Twitter who completely ignored the fact that your dad had passed away. (laughs) I mean...
1: (laughs) I am shocked and horrified that there was someone on social media who didn't actually read something properly before interacting (laughs) and reacting to it. Um, Elsewhere on Discord, great discussion points started by Raf that we will address in a future episode. Because we spent all of last week's show talking about movies and TV, understandably, most of the chat on Discord in the last seven days has been about movies and TV shows mainly about Reacher, a show that you just kind of referenced, but didn't really go into detail about. And I noticed that there are several redacted posts, like hidden comments, because I guess you don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it yet.
0: Yeah, so I haven't read most of the Reacher comments yet, only because I've, I was quite busy the last couple of days, uh, doing various things, which we'll get to in a second. Um, and I'm just wondering overall what is people's reaction to it because it's hard for me because I what I really love about this Reacher story is probably what's being redacted is that the mystery of it is pretty good and like the crime solving of it is pretty interesting um, but I already know what it is because I read the book of course. so I'm interested for people who uh, haven't read the story yet.
1: And am I right in thinking that this series is based on the very first book? Because the movies, Correct. when they made the first movie, they just picked a book at random, right? That was like number 10 in the series.
0: Yes, which is also interesting is that the, the books don't happen in any particular order. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, so they're all like standalone adventures. Occasionally they will reference something that had happened before, but like in some of the books, um, so something that happens in this one is that Reacher's brother... Dies right, right. Um, is like the main story point in this, his brother is alive in some of the books Okay, um, they happen all over the place and they've been written, you know, from like the early 90s up until the 2020s, so technology is different in them, it's just it's almost like Batman, Look, or James Bond
1: be- some nerd on YouTube who's attempted to put together a timeline and establish the continuity sure. of the series. Sure. Look, I, you, you saw me post about it. I in all good faith, I went to Amazon Prime with the intention okay. of starting to watch the series <laughs> only to discover that the Judge Judy reboot is on Prime, Judy Justice. And unfortunately I ended up watching six episodes back to back. And the same the following night because of course you and I did take a one week hiatus From the Sunday Million, we did not stream this week. Uh, Nick Walsh and Ali Shaban stepped into our shoes. We will be back on stream on Monday. And the one thing I want to say, we did this on Monday night, or rather Nick and Ali did it. We will do it again this week. There was a free roll exclusive to live stream viewers awarding tickets to the must-play tournament of the year, the Sunday Million anniversary, which is taking place on the 20th of March. $10 guaranteed. And we awarded 50 tickets in this free roll on Monday night, Joe. And the free roll had just over 200 runners. Wow. So pretty simple math. Roughly one in four players bagged themselves a seat in that anniversary Sunday Million event. We will do the same on Monday. What I like about that is it clearly demonstrates that because you kind of surprise people with it and you keep the registration window open for a very short period of time when you reveal the password, it doesn't allow the information to leak out there and doesn't allow the value hunters to jump on board. It keeps it as a private game for people who are actually watching the stream so we're going to do that again on monday probably do it the monday after that as well give our viewers the chance to actually play the sunday million and not just any sunday million the big one on march 20th
0: really looking forward to that uh so wait talk to me about just judy justice real quick um
1: it's exactly the same show okay Okay. With some additional characters who don't need to be there, like the law clerk and the stenographer um, and a new bailiff. Other than that, same old, same so- old. So I'm sitting there and obviously I've watched far too many episodes of Judge Judy. So there's an episode about a guy whose dog attacked some horses and I'm like... I know the way this is going because I know how Judge Judy works. And the moment she discovers this dog wasn't on a leash, she is going to let this guy have it. And sure enough, <laughs> it was just 20 minutes of her berating this guy for not having control of his dog. And I was there for it.
0: So what? what is so appealing about Judge Judy? Because when, when I used to work with Nick Welthal, he was obsessed with Judge Judy also. What is it about Judge Judy that's so appealing to English people? Because these are American cases, right?
1: I think it's because the court system in the UK is quite closed, right? The fact is, you don't have cameras. You have the infamous sketch artists who do awful, awful renditions of people in trials. You know, you have the reporter's gallery, but being let in and seeing these cases unfold. And look, it's all about her. It's all about Judith Scheinland. Make no mistake about it. She's just a great <laughs> personality. Um, and of course, it's complete trash. The people on the show are complete trash, but it's just so watchable.
0: It is very, very watchable. I I will check it out. Maybe we can. Well, we've got our own coming up, actually, in uh, just uh, a little while here. We've got our own. Absolutely.
1: I guess we've look if there's one thing we are known for doing. It's never coming up with our own ideas. We will happily rip off other people's formats. And that's what we did with. Can I have a ruling?
0: That's right. Put some just put a poker paint job on it. All right. Let's address the elephant in the room. Uh, I went to the Super Bowl.
1: Weren't you meant to be I, hosting a party for people in LA who couldn't get tickets to the Super Bowl?
0: Yes, I was. So, but the th- all right. So here's how it went down. On Saturday, I'm fine in with LA, this, by the
1: way. The moment you get a ticket, fuck them. It's right. all about looking after number one. I'm, right. I'm, I'm on board with that.
0: So uh, on Saturday, there was a bit of a heat wave in LA, and I said, "Let's have a party. Uh, let's have a, a, a party out in the garden, as you guys would say." And uh, my our good friend Adam Levy came over. And Adam has got the title of our most absurd friend (laughs) because his life is just absurd. Um, Adam has uh, gone to the wrong house before when coming to a house party at my house, jumped a neighbor's fence for no reason, uh, was not my house, has parked in front of my neighbor's driveway, has done all kinds of absurd things. And he's on his phone the whole time on Saturday saying he thinks he might have a line for a ticket to the Super Bowl because a friend of a friend got covid and uh, was you know just tested positive on Saturday 24 hours beforehand and I said to him Adam if you get a chance to get this ticket to the Super Bowl the guy was selling the ticket at face value wow. I said if you can get a face value ticket to the Super Bowl you have to go you absolutely have to go um you know as long as you can afford this money even if it's tight even maybe you shouldn't you have to go it's a once in a lifetime thing you have to go you have to go you have to go and then all of a sudden he's like there's two tickets and I'm like, well, what kind of hypocrite would I be if I just told him over and over and over again that he has to go and I don't take the other ticket. So I did. Yeah. I took the other ticket. I sent, um, a complete stranger, a significant amount of money via, uh, via Venmo, uh, for this ticket. I was definitely sweating it until we actually entered the stadium. Um, but uh, we did. We, uh, it, the, the ticket worked. He what? and I got there right when the gates opened.
1: I tell you what, Joe, if it hadn't worked out, if you'd made that Venmo transaction, the ticket, you could have gone to Judy Justice, because if you go to judyjustice.tv, <laughs> you can file your complaint.
0: Judy Justice would just be like talking to an empty email address, probably. But um, And so, you know, I'm on this podcast all the time talking about how unlucky I am at poker, and I stand by that. But I also say that I am very, very lucky at life. And this is where I run good. Now, yes, of course, I did pay a significant amount of money for this ticket. However, the Super Bowl was in L.A., yes, being played by L.A., and was won by L.A., and being there in this environment to root, root, root for the home team, even though technically I believe the other team, the, the Bengals were the home team, even though um, – it, it's so
1: stupid, right?
0: Really weird. Really, really fucking weird.
1: Uh, you mi- you missed a, a key thing there, Joe. It's It wasn't just the game. Also, the Super Bowl halftime show, which was incredible, by the way, yes. was a very LA-themed performance. Yes.
0: And so for me personally, as someone who loves Los Angeles, right, who are like, I absolutely love the city I live in. I have a ton of pride for the city. All of those things coming together, I will say – it was worth it for the experience. Um, I don't know that if LA hadn't won or if it hadn't been an LA team and it, if all those perfect storm hadn't come together, maybe I would have been like, okay, that was a lot of money and I don't, don't think I would ever, uh, I mean, I still don't think I would ever do it again. Uh, but in front of us was really cool. There were these two really young girls sitting in front of us during the game and I joked that they must have really good jobs and it turned out that they were there with their dad and their mom was in uh, an owner suite because their mom was the chief marketing officer for the LA Rams. Story Behind checks out. me, during the fourth quarter, when you start like high-fiving strangers around you who are also cheering for the Rams, turns out that one of the Rams' mothers and one of the Rams' wives was sitting behind us. So we're like surrounded by people that are genuinely emotionally invested in this it was electric. Uh, you were right about the halftime show. I, when Eminem came out, I had chills. Uh, also singing about Los Angeles, right? California love is a song that I have a ton of pride whenever it comes on. I it really just sort of, I, I have all kinds of California love. So it was just a, a, a fantastic experience. Now, Adam, my most absurd friend, uh, new, remember my friend who has an owner's box at the Rams game. Yes, I was like, I am not going to text him while I'm here. I don't want to bother him. I don't want him to think I'm angling to get in the owner's box. And uh, Adam was bugging me the whole time. He's like, just text him. Like, just see what's up. Like, maybe he wants us to come by. Like, maybe he wants us to come hang out in the owner's box. Ba 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 ba. And then. I ended up James sending him. I did text him. and I sent him the same photo I sent you. Now, I didn't want to brag to James. I figured James would see on Twitter. I was at the Super Bowl. I didn't want to, like, brag too much. But I ended up seeing these two celebrities.
1: James was asleep. I did not stay up to watch the game. And the next morning, the only thing I had any real interest in was finding out the result, which was very quick and easy, and then watching the halftime show, which I do every year. And sometimes it's like... Coldplay were like, meh. But this year it was like, no, this is incredible. And I loved the staging of it. I thought that entire production was just brilliant.
0: It was good. And it was very odd to see the people. There there were a lot of hot takes of it being the worst Super Bowl halftime show ever. And those people really exposed themselves as being at best out of
1: touch. Uh, There's several I can point them in the direction of that they're welcome (laughs) to take a retrospective (laughs) review of.
0: I saw one someone post the other day of, like, 1992 Tony Bennett, which is, <laughs> was not super dynamic, let me tell you. Um, so, yeah, so just a really amazing day, and I'm sure I'll have more stories from it eventually. But um, I was there for eight or nine hours, and it was it was a, a, a total yeah. delight. And I didn't I, – I know people are going to think this is crazy. I had one hot dog. One uh, order of nachos, and I think over eight hours, I had maybe five alcoholic drinks. Like, I was walked one, out of there totally sober.
1: One hot dog. I mean, Jesus, you down three of the damn things when you're doing a Sunday Million stream. I know. So that is impressive. Uh, yeah, the one photo you did send me was the fact that you had the cast of Selling Sunset two rows in front of you. Yes. It was Amazing because you just took the shot of the two the head the the back the heads of the two guys, right? It was the heads of the Oppenheim twins. It's like yeah Oh my god, it's the dudes from selling sunset.
0: Well the weird thing is so they're like so the, the Chargers Stadium, sorry, Chargers Rams Stadium, SoFi Stadium has this huge campus um, with a lake, with a man made lake built into it. Of and before it does. the game We all walk, you know, you just, there's just like tons of outdoor space that we were all sort of hanging out. And I saw the Oppenheim twins and it was the first time I was ever really tempted, not the first time, but like, it's rare that I'm tempted uh, to ask someone for a photo and I thought about it and thought, I was like, you know what, I just still, I can't be a guy that asks people to be in photos, but I know James would really like this photo. And then they end up sitting in front of us, two rows in front of us. Uh, so, yeah, was uh, that was the only, like, little brag I wanted to send to James because I knew at least that <laughs> there, are, there were some celebrities he actually cared about.
1: Um, okay, before we get Eric on the show, what's going on in yeah. Florida then?
0: Okay, so... Um, Florida amazing Maria asked me for a while ago uh, NASCAR if you guys don't know what it is I mean is a massive uh, sports organization in the United States it's it's car racing it's uh you know driving around in circles it, the Daytona 500 is the biggest one of the year I believe like their Super Bowl and it the, the 500 means they drive around the track 500 times that's literally what Daytona 500 means uh Maria for the, I think this is her eighth year Uh, hosts this charity event put on by the NASCAR foundation. Now, what I did not know is that unlike the NHL and NBA and NFL is that NASCAR is owned by a person, right? You know, a family and it's not even a big family. It's like, it's basically a person. She was there and was playing at my table, which was pretty cool. I got to play with the owner of NASCAR and, um, so, but she takes me to this event. I don't know what to expect. It's in Florida. You know, it's a different culture than what I'm used to. Uh, NASCAR obviously, or sports in general, and then NASCAR on top of it. Um so there was a auction before the poker tournament. The first thing they auctioned off are these Yankee tickets like VIP behind the scenes, luxury box experience. And the bidding started at, Fifteen hundred bucks,
1: but you got to go all in, Joe. I mean, you got to complete the trifecta, right? We've done the Super Bowl, we've done NASCAR. Got to add MLB yes. to the mix.
0: So I'm like, you know what? I'll just like take a couple of stabs at this. And I've already spent enough money this week, but my dad's like a huge Yankee fan. As you know, our parents aren't going to be with us forever. Um, I was like, maybe if I can get this for like a relatively and I can not realizing that at a charity auction, you actually write off the entire amount on your taxes. Whatever the bidding got. By the time the bidding got up to three thousand dollars, I tapped out Ended up selling for about fifty five hundred bucks, which I thought no one was going to care about Yankees tickets at, at a NASCAR event in Florida, but they did. But the second thing they auctioned off, James, all I could think about was how much you were going to love this. The second thing they auctioned off was a one-of-one limited edition laser-engraved Rusty Wallace shotgun.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, man, now we're talking NASCAR. This feels like NASCAR now.
0: The opening bid for this shotgun was 10 $1000. Do you know? Do you have a guess as to how much this shotgun sold for? 50? It sold for $34,000. Christ. And the dude who bought it, God bless him, this is fucking crazy. The dude that bought it donated it back to the NASCAR Hall of Fame immediately. So just spent $30,000. This NASCAR foundation, it's it's kind of like a St. Jude's type of thing. They just spent, It's it all goes towards kids uh, and, and hospital stays so that their parents don't have to uh, spend money when their kids get sick. Uh, so I did end up playing with not only the owner of NASCAR, but like the guy that is the CEO of the hospital that has partnered with NASCAR in this. So I'm at this table with insanely powerful rich people. Uh, who eventually did warm up to me, but it was a bit of a struggle.
1: I was going to say, there's two ways this could go. It could be that we never see Joe again because he's made very powerful, influential friends, and finally the career he's always wanted is now going to be afforded (laughs) to. him. Or, basically, you're kind of like, never going to be seen or heard from again. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, no, and I did I did get a whole bunch of invitations to stay and watch the Indy, Indy 500, the Daytona 500, uh, from a, a various VIP suites here in Florida, but I have got to get to Vegas for some reason.
1: Well, yes, because the primary theme of this week's podcast is the third Global Poker Awards. Uh, we talked last month about how the preliminary and final voting was going on and then the nominees were announced. Well, the winners will be revealed at a ceremony in Vegas. I think it's ARIA, right? The Where it's being held? Yes. Uh, Friday the 18th, to be precise. And today we figured we'd discuss all the key categories and run through some of the nominees. And we're going to do that with the man I like to call Mr. GPI. (laughs) Uh, Officially, he is the president of the Global Poker Index, and we are welcoming him to the podcast. Which means I can ask the most important question of all, Eric Danis or Eric Denis? Denis is the uh, is what I prefer. <laughs> Thank you. I nearly took his lead, and I knew I should have gone with my gut instinct. The
0: best part is that I've worked side by side with Eric many times, spent dozens of hours together, and I still call him Eric Dennis. Um, but look, hey, the global poker words are, are pretty American, bro. Like, you know, middle American. So
1: you're basically Americanizing the guy. Who organizes them? I think what this highlights more than anything, Eric, is it has been an eternity for us to actually get you on this show. Better late than never, I guess. Of course, you've always been a presence in the background. And I think you did very kindly do the questions on the Global Poker League when we had that as a superfan subject a few years ago.
2: Funny story, Joe called me and asked if I could help him with that, and uh, Joe, I don't know if you remember, I was two hours away from heading for my cancer surgery, so we had a fun laugh about that, and I got it done. I got it done (laughs) by the So (laughs) Fucking Eric is... Using the cancer card is always fun, you
0: know. <laughs> Eric is the best, everybody. I don't know if i if we've said that enough. He is just one of those guys in the industry you can count on for whatever, is always there for you, is always trying to make things better. And Eric is the reason I met Norm McDonald.
2: Correct. Correct.
0: Yes. I just want to make proud sure of that, yeah. Yeah, you get credit for that. I tweeted about how much I'd love to see Norm's show, and Eric messaged me and he's like, There's still tickets for tonight, and that was the yeah. night I met Norm McDonald. Wow.
2: Cool. Um
1: I guess a good starting point Eric would be to kind of establish what you do as president of the GPI. What does your job actually involve?
2: It's um you know we're a very small team so the, the title sounds grandiose but what it really means is everything right everything that needs to be done is done. Um I'm happy to say that I have a small team but the team is is quite exceptional so Quite Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys know half the team. You know, not the best, but we'll we'll keep them around. They they don't cost us much, so we'll, we'll keep them around.
1: <laughs> Cheap um, is always the number one quality when putting together a team.
2: That's right. So number one role for me is of course motivator, as you can see uh, for uh, for the team. Yeah, but it's the guy guide, guide the team, talk to a lot of uh, the big wigs in poker. Uh, you know, we work with, with uh, partnerships with, you know, some of the best in the industry, including uh, PokerStars. We're very happy uh, to be partnered with poker stars. So a lot of discussions like that. At this time of year during award season, uh, I'm a politician, basically. You know, I'm trying to yeah. talk to one, talk to the other, you know, smooth some egos. I'm sure on Friday night uh, I'll have to smooth a few uh, a few of the egos, which is fine. Uh, but it is whatever needs to be done uh, gets done. So a lot of the partnership stuff, trying to create, uh, find work for the team. You know, during the pandemic, it was a pretty rough uh, time for us. So trying our best to, to to find some old results or something like that. So working with the team for that. So yeah, a lot of not not necessarily presidential stuff, but a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff you'd expect as someone uh, who heads the the G P I and Hennemab.
0: Eric, as far as your total year round workload is concerned, what percentage of it is uh, the awards? uh, And then the rest of the year, what are the rest of the percentages? Like, is it keeping track of stats, updating the website? Like, how does that all break down?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, right now, you know, we had a because of the date for the awards, and those, of course, are always determined with our partners at PokerGO. Uh, the awards are about a month earlier than we'd like, uh, you know, in our usual terms. So we literally had to finish out the year, do our Players of the Year, which is always stressful, having to recount all the data and make sure everything's fine, and literally have the awards going on at the same time. So right now, it's 100% awards. It's been like that for, I guess, since January 1st or end of December, mm-hmm. um, and then the awards. You know, we we. Do you take it's not just a one month thing, we, we do, we've already started working on the 20. 20- I guess the 2023 appearance of the awards uh, that's already, already started or uh, sheets, tons of meetings have already started. What categories are we going to look for? Matt this year?
0: Savage has already been nominated in 2023.
2: <laughs> Four <laughs> nominations already, um, including breakout player of the year, which is quite yeah. an honor uh, for, for Matt you know, given his experience. And then you're right. Um, the, the rest of the year, you know, talking to the players, seeing if we need to, to adjust things uh, over on the GPI and then, you know, to, talking to clients and all that good stuff. Uh, trying to find as many new results, new schedules. You know, we're really pushing schedules on our end as well. The Hennemob has traditionally always been a place for people to go see their results. But to me, it should be a one-stop shop where you can go see your stats as well and upcoming schedules. So that's a big, big priority for us. One of the main reasons we brought in uh, Kevin Mathers, known as Kev Math to everyone, was Wait, to is, help Wait, that's us out. his
0: real name is Kevin Mathers? Yeah. That's fucking wild. Okay. It, I just thought it was Kev Math.
2: His brother played the Super Bowl on Sunday. He was fantastic. Killed it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, I guess we should focus on the awards because at the time of recording, we are 48 hours out from the ceremony actually taking place. Look, Eric, I'm on record as saying this, and I don't mind saying it to your face. We have to accept sure. that the idea of poker awards is utterly ridiculous, but I do love the fact that the objective here is to shine a light on areas of the industry that maybe don't get as much attention as they could and, uh, and, and should do. Um, now, this ceremony grew out of two separate award shows, right? They used to be the European Poker Awards and the American Poker Awards. Are you still? Do you still believe you made the right decision in merging them? Um, yes, just just financially, yes. Uh, it's
2: hard <laughs> to, we don't have a sponsor for this year's awards. It's hard to find sponsors. You know, we had the opportunity to work with, with STARS as our sponsor for many years, but it's hard. It's hard for... Uh, you know, I, I think the year after Stars stopped being the sponsor is when Stars won awards, and you know that's a challenge, right? It's a challenge for for any company to to uh, put the money up because there's a quite a good chance that your competitors are going to win, and you know that's tough for them. So I understand that. So just financially, it makes sense. Uh, you know, Lance Bradley told me about five years ago, you literally have global in the name of your company. Should you not just do the global poker awards? And it's my dream. It's not perfect yet. We, Fuck Lance. We, I, Yeah, yeah. Also, (laughs) also nominated for five twenty twenty three. What an asshole! Already, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess what I'm kind of driving towards is that I sometimes get the sense that trying to do this, as noble an effort as it is, can be a bit of a thankless task because there'll always be people bitching and whining and pointing out the flaws. And you know, Joe raised it already. It does feel quite U.S. centric. I think it makes sense this year because if we talk about live poker in twenty twenty one. 99.9% 99.9% of it was in North America, but in previous years, it still felt that maybe Europe now slips under the radar more than it did when it had its own award show.
2: Sure. And you're right about that. You know, I, I, I do find it funny that the, that- the Europeans complain, but what about the South Americans? What about the, the Asians? they no, that's they're getting, That's very fair getting comment. They're to trends too. Um, I'm proud to say that this year we have some categories. The poker personality, which was voted by the fans, has four nations represented, including Japan, France, uh, Canada, and the U.S. That's, I, I think we're building towards that, James. You know, we always say that let's not forget that poker is – at least 50% U.S.-driven in normal years, right? Uh, 50% of the players that play poker on the hand mob are American. 50% of the players ranked on the gpi 300 are Americans, so we can't lose focus about that too and it is that there are several talented americans you know it just so happens that joe flies the american flag but he could be flying the the australian flag so but i agree with you and i've been very vocal about this uh i I always come out and say it i think the um the bsop in brazil is one series that gets totally shut out every year and that's right bullshit. I mean, that is, uh, so they do amazing events every single time, not just in Sao Paulo, everywhere around the country. I think that's where my ideal is. And you guys know I'm a bit of a dreamer. So I hope that one year it is 50%, at least 50%, rest of the world, 50% in America, and maybe one year 75%. But I will say that I'm very happy, even though the numbers are a little lower this year. I'm happy with what we have. Hey, we have a, a, a Japanese person that is you know vote, is being voted on for poker personality that has a legit ch- chance to win, and he's coming. You know, we're going to have
1: That's you know, awesome. the, the biggest
2: vlogger in the world is coming to the awards. We have Yo Viral, who's you know the biggest in French speaking categories. He's merging to uh, to be bi- more bilingual as well. So, you know, it, we're getting there. But I agree. I agree with you. It's not perfect, uh, but we knew there'd be growing pains. But as you say, James. I think even if it would be 90% European people would still complain about something (laughs) else. So fine. Um, They'll find it, something. You know, so, so just yeah, I, it just happens. Yeah, it just happens. And I always I always laugh at the the, the snub, right? I, yeah. I know that, James, I, I agree with Joe. I think you should be in that category. I think it's easy in this sense for Joe, because if I ask Joe, well, then who should be out of that category? He'll say himself. But in most categories, when people say this person was snubbed, I challenge you to go public and say, who should be uh, removed from that top four? So, you know, it's a balance. Uh, I, I'm a little like Joe. I you guys were on, with roland with heads up for roles and james said he doesn't care about the criticism i joe and i very much alike i shouldn't care but i take that to heart and the week after the nominees are out it's a rough time for me I bet. Uh, my wife casey is a saint it's rough even though i know that i had one vote i have one vote in all of these categories know, right? and not 50 but people tend to blame me and our team for um for what you guys screwed up. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, exactly. Uh, we have to take
1: responsibility. We both were on the nominating panel. And I guess also, Eric, we were on the final voting panel because am I right in thinking in previous years there's been kind of judges on the night, but this year, no, when people submitted their, their nominations, they were also voting for the actual winners.
2: The Enders yeah. game. Right, we, we started that last last time. Uh, the jury, we love the jury concept just because it was born of you know from the Cannes Film Festival, yes. and in Europe it worked well. And the problem, what we saw the first year we did the Global Poker Awards, it's tough in some categories. Some people have no clue what's going on outside their state, outside their country. So you know we have to keep that in mind. So we've been very restrictive on who votes every year, Uh, the voting panels are reduced. You know, we do try to get as many uh, experts in those categories as possible. But yes, so uh, the last awards, which were now 23 months ago, we did change the process where there's an initial round where a ton of names are on the list, you pick five, and then the final round is that's it. That's the final round of voting, just like they do in most, uh, in all American sports. Uh, You have a first place, second place, third place, everything is tabulated. Uh, the final four are born from that, but the winner is already known. So we do invite the final four, we do announce the final four, but the results are already known. We have a bit of a a formula that we've stolen from the Oscars to determine uh, the final uh, people that can be on the final voting ballot. And and that's it. We really think that that's the system to go with. uh, And to be very honest, some of the categories, one category was tied this year. So we had to do a tiebreaker, which was first place. And I think seven or eight categories, first to fourth, there's maybe five or six points difference. So wow. it was really close in many of the categories. And I think um, I think you'll you. everyone watching on Friday will see a few upsets, which will be fun to see as well. Those are always good conversation starters. So.
1: Okay, well, I want to go through some of the categories in a moment. Um, I think that, uh, again, full disclosure, and I think Joe and I have already talked about this on a previous episode. Did, I think I was invited to vote in a number of categories and probably didn't vote in all of them. I'm a great believer that if True. I don't know something... I'm not going to have an opinion. and and
0: I think this was the first year that people, I would guess, abstained the most. Like I specifically this year just went, yo, I didn't listen to all these podcasts. I can't vote or whatever category. It was video content that I set out this year. Um, And I was like, I didn't see any of these things. I'm not going to vote on it. Uh, And I think probably people did that the best this year would be my guess.
2: And I think on the podcast, Joe noted that we highlighted that way more this year. And the reason is, is that a lot of people feedback to me would be, you know i didn't know about this category but i'm doing this for you right we're doing this for you guys we don't want to we don't want to lose our vote we don't want to to disappoint you guys by not voting in a category and it's the op- absolute opposite we're trying to make them as expertly as possible. The vlogger category, for example, is almost all vloggers voting. The live reporter category was almost all live reporters. So we're trying to get to that. The problem is that it creates so much work on the back end for us that every single ballot becomes its own little, you know, ecosystem. Absolutely. So but we're willing to do it because we do want it to be as fair and and, and firm as, as possible.
1: Yeah, because I can tell you one of the categories I would not have voted in was the first one I wanted to talk about: best final table performance. Because I would right. do, which I imagine a lot of people would do, and go. Corey Aldemir won the World Series of Poker main event. Obviously, you're going to vote for that one. But then, you know, again, I didn't follow these events, so I don't know what Jeremy osmus had to go through to win that PLO High Roller, what performance Dan Kate's put on to win that 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 50k, or what was Adam Friedman in the Dealer's Choice. I don't know, so I'm not going to have a say. Uh, I imagine that people who are aware of all of those final tables who are aware of all those tournaments may say that the answer is not obvious and maybe it's closer than you think it's going to be
2: sure and you know that's the beauty of voting as well is that i literally would have someone tell me this is ridiculous how does this get nominated and then someone else says this is the best this needs to win that happens a lot uh, at the poker go uh, poker go offices we had a, a debate about that the other day and one person was adamant that it was a terrible choice and the other one was like I voted that for <laughs> So, you know, that's the beauty of voting. It's never perfect. It's it's human beings voting on something. So there's always going to be some weird stuff happening. That's not terrible. As for long
0: us. as they care and as long right. as they have a reasoning behind it other than, oh, like Jeremy Osmond is a good dude and he's like pretty handsome, so I voted yeah, very for handsome, him. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, th- as long as people uh, have a rationale, well, I, you know, obviously it, for and so for categories where i didn't have a rationale i, I sat out
1: i'm guessing yeah. there's the option to add a category for handsomest best-looking poker player for heaven's sake you've Ooh. got an award for best-looking trophy why not just add the poker we players do. in there as well yes yeah, so we're very proud of the
2: kevin mathers uh invented uh giving out, out a gpi trophy for the best trophy
1: i loved it. the best i loved it and i just Great loved it I, I thought some of those trophies were absolutely fantastic um you mentioned Kevin Mathers. Let's 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 deal with the first controversy then, shall we, Eric? Twitter sure. personality of 2021. The nominees are Will Jaffe, Jamie Kerstetter, Kitty Kuo, and Kevin Mathers, who works right. for the GPI.
0: Well, he didn't at the time.
2: Right. He started working on December 15th, so I told Kevin that'd be the last year he'd be eligible to win a, a GPI award. So he knows that. It's his last last foray, last hurrah, and we'll see if he wins or not. But, uh, you guys know Kevin, he does not really, he, he loves the accolade, but couldn't care. less. (laughs) I mean, they not probably wishes he doesn't win. He doesn't want to make a speech. So
1: (laughs) he absolutely deserves to be up there because no one does more for poker on social media than Kev math. Um, Best streamer is obviously going to be a tough one. You've got Kevin Martin, Spraggy, Incredible. Ape Styles, and Lex Veldhouse. And again, this is where, unfortunately, subjectivity and personal preference just plays a choice, right? Because they're all very yeah. different personalities. And it's a case of which one do you enjoy watching the most?
2: Right, uh, you know, if there were odds here in Vegas on that award, I think uh, I think Lex would be, you know, the monster if probably the biggest favorite out of every category every year. I think Andrew Neeby might have had that case before uh, in, for blogger, but yeah, it's it's Lex and the others, and we'll see if the others can uh, can pull forward. But you're right, it's it's a tough category. Um, you know, the the alternative is not to have that category, but we like to we like to have that challenge, and um, you know, we always say that. In some categories, it's okay that someone wins and wins and wins. They're the New York Yankees. They're the, the evil empire. One year, that person won't win, and that's fantastic too, right? It's a great story for that other person. So, you know, sometimes we do look at a categories where it's, well, it's going to be the same winner every year. Maybe we replace that. But in other cases, I know Best Event is, is another one. The main event is always the favorite. But yeah. The main event doesn't win every year. The PSPC won a few years ago. So I think it challenges organizers to put up, you know, better better events you know where the wind did two of them this year two of them not nominated so we'll see if they can
1: take a take over on that yeah i mean you mentioned best event and obviously the world series of poker main event is nominated alongside the seminal hard rock rock and roll poker open uh the win mystery bounty and the win millions again we reference the fact that if we're talking about live poker in 2021 you weren't exactly sport for choice outside of the usa right. um I'm interested, you have the categories for best industry person and best tournament director. Is it fair to say there's significant overlap between these two? I don't think
2: so. Uh, you know, we, we tend to not put, um, you know, we, we, with best industry person, it is there's so many people that could be in there that that's when we decided to split it up and add a tournament director. And to be fair, I think we've only had one or two uh, people on both ballots. The goal is to actually have a split where people that are tournament directors will have their own categories uh, and some that are more industry. The problem is that there are some in the industry that are both. So we're trying to, to maneuver that. So that's always a touchy category for us, trying to fix it, you know, to, to make sure that it's 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 better. Uh, but we do we do understand there's a few people, uh, you know, we talked about Matt Savage, Jack Ethel, that yes. have a lot of different responsibilities. So, you know, this year Matt and Jack were both uh, eligible as an industry person and not tournament director. We'll see what we do, uh, we do with that next year. Um, I, I, from what I've been told, Jack wasn't really tournament directing a lot. He was involved in decisions, but not necessarily in the everyday. He's got other, other stuff to do when we have 20,000 20, people inside the Rio. So.
1: Um, we've already referenced best broadcaster. And yes, Joe Stapleton, you are in the four nominees alongside Jamie Kerstetter, Ali Najad and Jeff Platt. Um, best live reporter, uh, we got Mickey Doft, Timothy Duckworth, Chad Holloway, and Christian Zetcher. So there we go. There's a European on the list and an Australian on the list as well. Right. But you were, were you saying, Eric, so it's mostly people who work in live reporting who will have voted in that category? Correct. Yeah. yeah.
2: There's a That's few of cool. those categories. Actually, many more
1: uh, to come, but many categories. Uh, we had that vlogger, streamer, that one, a few others as well. Um, this, is, this is a weird one for me because the, the media content categories – Normally, I would say that um, you would expect that the video one would be the one that I was really au fait with and maybe written content less so. Interestingly, in the written category, I'd actually read a lot of the shortlisted or longlisted articles, so felt that I informed enough to actually nominate in that category. Whereas when it came to video, I don't know, maybe we've just spent so many hours Making our I'd own seen shit. nothing.
0: I'd not the, seen one of the things in the video so uh, category. I, yeah,
1: I kind of like. I've, I and and the, the one there, which I really, really want to see, and this is no disrespect to any of the other nominees, is the Finnish poker documentary series, which right, I know there's right. been a lot of conversation about. I really, really want to see that. I want to see a lot of this stuff, but a lot of it is just I've not had the time or it's basically passed me by. Um, So I felt more confident having a say in the written content category. And obviously, there's going to be a bias for me about Lance's interview with Isai Scheinberg. But of course, the fact that Alex O'Brien wrote an article for the BBC, anytime someone writes something that takes poker mainstream is really important. So that's a tough one. And then you've got two other great articles up there as well. And photo is an easy one, right? Because you can just look at all the photos and go, I like that right. one. I like that one. I like that <laughs> one. I like that one. No one has the excuse to skip that one.
2: That's true. You know, but, but even photo, I was having, you know, hearing debates on that, that some people want to see the emotion. That's the that for them is it. And then other people are saying look at this picture this the color here in this picture is, is quite incredible I referenced the red and Harris picture from Danny Maxwell you know it seems like a simple picture but the brightness and the colors you know none of us can do that it has to be a talented photographer so you know again it's, it's it's a situation where someone sits down we give them some criteria but it's up to the voter to decide what they feel is best and you're right, James the look right your brain will tell you wow, this is the photo this is what I'm voting for while others will say oh, this takes a talented photographer to to, you know, to come up with this one probably touched it up with some color and such so you know yeah. all artists and i think that is a category that we're very proud to have brought in a few years ago because there's so many t- so many talented photographers Now i must get at them because photographers do not submit their own stuff and that's an issue uh, Haley hockstetter helped me a lot to try to get as many photos uh to our, our, our panels uh so photographers out there if you're in poker please 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 send me uh, your photos every year because it's it's hard for us to start chasing and they're very humble uh, people in the industry and I can tell you that three th- three of the four nominees uh, had they you know had we not looked for them uh, would not have uh, submitted their pictures so you know we do need that from uh, I got a couple I room.
0: took up my phone Eric I'm going to send you right <laughs> no, now no
2: not happening Joe <laughs> nope 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 James did you know that uh, that uh, I met my wife the same summer that uh, Joe and I were working together on the GPL and he texted her. I think the third text, he thought I was being too slow and trying to ask her out for a date, and Joe took over the phone and you know got me a date. So I've got to thank wow. Joe for that.
1: So yeah. you, so basically, he set you up with your wife. You set him up with Norm McDonald. Isn't this a fair trade? Beautiful, beautiful. I think you're
0: in <laughs> <of, Beautiful, beautiful. laughs> That, I think you're that is a there. pretty fair trade. I'll take it. I, I
1: uh, think I went out
2: in looks, Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the last few categories I want to talk about, Eric, and this I think you're very brave, right? Because you've left this to the choice of the people, the masses, the fans' choice votes. We referenced the best trophy already, which, as I said, I think is just a a fun one. And and, uh, I think I said to you, I really hope that the trophy that this is awarded in this category is eligible in next year's best trophy category. (laughs) Um, But you've also got best hand and you've also got poker personality. And I guess that's an interesting one because we have this award in the UK, Sports Personality of the Year. And it's like... Are we saying that this is about having a great personality and being kind of like out there for the poker industry? Or is it about the fact that you are the best poker player? It's subjective, right? It could be one of two very different things.
2: It is, and even if you try to tell the fans, this is how you should do it, they won't listen. So they'll just vote the <laughs> if they want to. It's, um, I mean, to be frank, it's a, that award is a popularity contest. There's two rounds. Uh, you know, we don't have an initial list. Uh, people need to submit the names first. And the top four vote getters get a second round, second chance at awards. So it, it's for those players to to get as much exposure as, as they can. I can tell you that our servers in round one, we weren't ready for. It. Uh, we got over 50,000 votes in about a two-hour span. And, you know, that really did destroy the offices there in London. So we had to to fix our server issues. Uh, we, we had votes coming in uh, from everywhere. Every tweet that the four finalists would put up, it would just, we we would get really hit by it. So that category, I've never been uh, any more proud of it. The first year we had it, uh, Ivy and Daniel Nagranu were tweeting a lot and we got about 100,000 votes. This year we're talking over 300,000 votes and it's individual votes. And yes, we have to go through every IP address and make sure the names aren't doubled. So we do eliminate wow. a lot of votes when there's double votes, uh, but over 300,000 people voted in this category this year i've never been so proud and as i mentioned four people from four different countries are up for that award uh four different backgrounds too just a great mix of of people and uh it's probably the award i'm most excited for it's the fans award and uh, i'm excited for that one a lot
1: incredible well look um our time is limited and i know joe that you want to force eric to play one of your awful games before we let him get back to organizing friday ceremony
0: that's right. Eric Denny, my old friend, I got to give you the, the real guest treatment here. Although uh, usually the game is about the guest. I know you listen to the show, Eric, uh, but I don't know if you heard. I went I went to the Super Bowl
2: this oh, week. That, how, why? Why, by the way, I've never and you, we, you and I have never talked about sports in our lifetimes.
0: I am big on just life, once-in-a-lifetime life experiences. So even if I'm not a a particularly huge fan of something, I think it's worth it to go. And this was. uh, The halftime show
2: itself was worth it, yeah.
0: Exactly. And Eric, I didn't get enough time earlier in the show to do all the name-dropping I wanted to do about people I saw (laughs) at the Super Bowl. So your game (laughs) is is a way for me to crowbar in some more stories about the Super Bowl. uh, This game is called Super Bowl or Super Bowel. Now, I saw a lot of celebrities at the Super Bowl, but not nearly as many as I thought I saw. Okay? So we're going to play a game about which celebrities I'm sure I saw versus which celebrities I only think I might have saw Thank God I researched that make sense for this, sense? yes. Uh, also, this only includes, except for the final question, this only includes celebrities I saw with my own two eyes, not on the Jumbotron, okay? Okay. All right. It's really just who I saw at the Super Bowl. It, <gasps> it's pretty simple. Question number one. Which Los Angeles Rams superfan and former co-worker of former Poker in the Ears guest Danny Zucker... Did I see hanging around in the gift shop? Was it Eric Stone, Street, Ty Burrell, Julie Bowen, or Pamela Anderson?
2: Now, in the answer, that person is a super fan of the Rams, or
0: yes, the the person I okay, saw so is a super fan of the Rams and was a coworker of former Poker in the Ears guest Danny Zucker.
2: So I think Stone Street is a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan, so it can't be him. Um, I adore Julie Bowen. I don't care if it's right or wrong. I hope you saw Julie Bowen.
0: I did not see Julie uh, Bowen uh, at, at the Super Bowl. I did, in fact, see Ty Burrell, who is a huge uh-huh. Los Angeles Rams fan.
1: Uh, just to be I clear, is this, is this one that you <laughs> actually saw or you think you saw?
0: I actually saw okay, him. Fine. I actually saw him, yes. Okay. That was Super Bowl, not Super Bowl. Uh, question number two which creepy property brothers did i sit two rows behind was it the property brothers of property brothers the oppenheim brothers of selling sunset the mac brothers on flipping it to the mac in st louis or the two bad guys from trading places
2: oh that's gotta be the selling sunset guys right they need to be seen at the at that game
0: Selling Sunset is correct. You're one for two, Eric Denis. Question number three. While on the subject of Selling Sunset, which of the following ladies from Selling Sunset, am I almost positive was them at the top of the stairs, even though I falsely identified one of them as the wrong person twice before I finally figured out who it was? (laughs) Was it Chrishell and Christine, Davina and Maya... Mary and Heather or Phoebe and Rachel?
2: Uh, Mary and Heather is exactly who you saw. Mary and Heather is correct, yes.
0: It took me a few tries before I could figure out who they were, and then I was like, oh, wait, that's Mary and Heather from the same show as as the Oppenheim twins. Question number four. Christine of Selling Sunset. What did she do during the entire national anthem? Anthem. Also, I'm not sure this was Christine. There was a tall blonde with the property <laughs> twins during the national anthem. What did she do during the entire national anthem? Did she film the singer, film herself, film a stranger eating a hot dog or patch things up with Maya? <laughs> uh, she filmed herself, of course. She filmed herself through
1: the entire National Anthem. Yes, that's correct. This absolutely sounds like Christine to me. Not positive it was Christine. And not patching things up.
0: That was a super bowel question, because I'm not positive it was her, but the tall blonde with them did film herself during the entire National Anthem. Question number five, Uh, Eric is what, uh, three for four now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, question number five. Uh, This one, another super bowel question which cast member of the show the boys am i pretty sure i saw was it chase crawford who plays the aquaman guy the deep i think he's called nathan mitchell who plays black noir laz alonzo who plays mother's milk or reginald DeReggie who plays the spankter
1: i mean you could be making all of those up for like uh yeah
2: You saw laz alonzo
0: Unfortunately, the person I'm pretty sure I saw was Chase Crawford, who played Aquaman slash The Deep. i have to do check I, this in.
2: Do I get that wrong, since you have no clue if you actually saw this person, <laughs> it's,
0: it's who do I think I saw, Eric. It's like Johnny Ludden things, only stays in the it. Super Bowl. Uh, question number six, penultimate question, another super bowel question. Which celebrity was I absolutely sure I saw until I saw it wasn't that celebrity? <laughs> was it? Steve Buscemi, James Spader, Fisher Stevens, (laughs) or Drogon the Dragon from Game of Thrones? Oh,
1: (laughs) I mean, there's an obvious one to go for here, but do you think Spader's the obvious one? No, why would you have Fisher Stevens as an option if it wasn't Fisher Stevens? Okay, I'll, I'll go with James here.
0: James's porch. logic is 100% correct. I did. Right. I was positive I had <laughs> seen Fisher Stevens until I realized it was not Fisher Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> question number seven. Final question. My friend Reagan who uh, invited me to the owner's box for a, a game about uh, six weeks ago was too busy to reply to my text message during the game because later he confessed he was too busy talking to and When they showed the montage of, like, all the celebrities at the game, he was actually talking to this celebrity when they cut to him. Ooh, Pretty cool. Was it Matt Damon? Was it Doja Cat? Was it Megan the Stallion? Or was it Super Dave Osborne?
2: Joe, Joe, Super Dave is dead, so it can't be him.
0: That is correct. I knew Eric would know about Super Dave because they have similar voices.
2: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Ah... I would hope it's Megan The Stallion. She's a superstar.
0: My friend Reagan, who did not invite me into his suite this time, could not invite me to his suite because he had to make room for Matt Damon. Matt Damon! Wow. Who he was speaking to uh, when they cut to Matt Damon at the Super Bowl. That Eric, I cool. think you still... I think you still had a winning score. It was a score of
1: of five and two, which is more than respectable. It's one of the best scores (laughs) that anyone's ever achieved in one of Joe's games. Uh, Eric, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Best of luck with the ceremony on Friday. Joe will be there representing stars, representing poker in the ears. Uh, Good luck. We're all counting on you, both of you.
2: Thank you. Can't wait to take uh, to sleep Friday night after the
1: awards. I bet. I bet. Uh, Right. We have to give a ruling. All
0: right, here we go. The cases are real. The rulings are final. And here are the all-important terms and conditions.
1: This is our show, and these are our rulings, and that's that. These rulings are 100% legally binding, should you choose to accept that they are. The judges are fickle and temperamental, and this show assumes no liability for rulings you don't agree with.
0: Case number 9337726. Major clock up, sent in by Sam Pye.
1: So this is what Sam posted on Discord. The following are his words, not mine. I was playing a live MTT at a local club and the clock advertised eight places paid once registration had closed. We got down to two tables of five and unfortunately I busted, thinking I'd bubbled the final table. But at least I hadn't bubbled the whole thing. The TD immediately announced that the whole final table was in the money, meaning they'd randomly added a spot. There was no discussion of this that I was aware of, so it was quite the surprise. Whether it would have made any difference if I'd known it was the money bubble, I don't know. But am I right to feel aggrieved at this arbitrary moving of the goalposts? That is Sam's question, Joe. Can he get a ruling?
0: All right, I'm gonna start this one off. Uh, in the words of my old good friend, JCAT, Jesse Abramowitz, it sucks to suck. And in the words of my favorite movie, depending on the day, The Spanish Prisoner, it is my experience that when someone is indebted to you morally, but not legally, you will get nothing. And they will begin to act cruelly toward you in order to suppress their guilt. What I'm trying to say here is that emotionally, you are right to feel aggrieved, but that's about it, pal. If you even got so much recognition as a sucks to suck, I'd be pretty happy with that. But on an emotional level, I think you were right within your right to burn the pub down.
1: Okay, I'm going to give a more measured response (laughs) with less flowery language. In fact, I retain the services of expert counsel for this case. Top Gear has the Stig, we have the Strag, and these are his words of wisdom. It's far from ideal. It could have impacted your own play and the play of others in the tournament if it was known. However, as long as no one else is aware of the information that more places were being paid, it's probably not that much to get upset about translation you thought you were going home with nothing you ended up going home with nothing in summary you're a loser final judgment case dismissed
0: <laughs> okay but now before we move on here this is something we haven't done before i have a can i get a ruling and i thought i would put it out there and let okay. people on discord have at it
1: oh okay I tell you what, then, we will temporarily surrender surrender our judicial powers to the audience. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm even suggesting this. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> Never if, give them the microphone.
1: If you post it on Discord, so here's a good reason to go to the Poker in the Ears Discord channels and check out Joe's case. And I tell you what, we will select one or two rulings that I particularly like or are well-worded or align with my own sensibilities and maybe just maybe I can arrange some prizes for the ones we pick um can you give us any kind of tease about what the case involves
0: it is something it is a dispute that arose between myself and Maria Ho while on this very trip
1: Ooh, exciting okay so step one Joe's going to post this in discord stick it in the rulings channel Joe step two you provide expertise you provide the ruling ladies and gentlemen and I will pick or maybe I'll get Patrick to do it for me because I'm too lazy a couple of good responses and we'll read those responses on next week's show and probably award some prizes and talking of prizes as always we close out the podcast with our Super Van quiz and this week we welcome Cam Travis to the show how are you doing Cam
0: great how are you guys I'm excellent, Cam Travis. That's a cool name. That's like a, I don't know. That's an action hero name.
3: Appreciate it. I have three first names, so.
0: <laughs> Is it, Camera?
3: Cameron
0: Scott Cam- Travis. Oh, ca- Cameron, yeah. obviously. Okay, I see. You're also you are wearing a, a Marine Corps shirt. Are you an action hero?
3: Uh, yes, I was in the Marines over uh, over ten years ago. I've been out
0: for about eleven. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for your service.
1: Appreciate it. And what do you do these days, Cam? And where are you located in the world?
3: So I am uh, over here close to Cincinnati. Um, <sighs> wish the Bengals just won, but uh, it would have been big for my town. Uh, yeah. But I actually own my own car detailing business. I uh, just started last year. What, what do you excellent. charge? I charge
0: around $100. Around $100. You know what much it costs to get my car detailed in Los Angeles? I can only imagine like it's like 400 bucks. I mean, you can always talk them down a little bit, but a hundred as a starting price is pretty good. Are
1: yes, you now calculating in your head, whether it would be cheaper to drive to Ohio to have your car? Service? Yes.
0: Although from what I understand, certain parts of Ohio, my, my hubcaps might not make it through. So I'm not really <laughs> sure what the, uh, <laughs> what the trade is, is. true.
1: <laughs> um, Cam, obviously you're not going to be able to play for a real money prize. So PokerStars right. merch, a swag, a swag pack will be on the line in a quiz themed around the Beatles. I'm so glad you chose this band because <laughs> I'm done trying to convince Joe that they're more than just fine. We accept that he's wrong, right?
3: Absolutely. They're. I would say probably the greatest band as a band that has uh, pretty much been the one to do things first.
0: Uh, As I said earlier, and I know you weren't here, Cam, it's just very difficult for me to contextualize the Beatles. I know that I have to contextualize the Beatles. I know that I have to put myself in the mindset of the screaming Ed Sullivan teenagers. I just can't. They're fine. They're totally (laughs) fine.
3: (laughs) You know, the funny thing about the Beatles is uh, I actually never – Really got into them until about eight years ago when I met my wife. Um, she, it's a, her all-time favorite band, her cousin's all-time favorite band. Everyone in their group plays music, plays bands. We host parties. They play music. The Beatles has just surrounded my life for uh, eight years, and it's it's actually been awesome learning more and more about them.
1: Yeah. I Interestingly, my kind of journey into the Beatles growing up as a kid you know, their, their songs were frequent on the radio, but it tended to be the early stuff, which I'll be honest with you, I think is pretty passé and then i think it was 1992 yeah it would have been the 25th anniversary of the Sgt. pepper album there was a documentary on tv about the recording of that and that's when i realized okay their later stuff post 1967 is really really interesting when obviously john lennon and paul mccartney go off and do their own thing separately george harrison starts becoming more of a prolific songwriter and ultimately that's what led to them splitting up but those last few years i think that's where they really defined what music is
3: oh yeah absolutely from I mean, we were actually just talking about this uh, yesterday, but I mean, the sixties were just blessed to have the Beatles and it it really hasn't been a decade of a band taking over the way they did since. And why don't you, why
0: don't you two take the quiz? Well,
1: Joe, that's not how the game works. (laughs) I think that, I think that takes away my odds. (laughs) Yeah, Give give the guy a break. Uh, Patrick has put this into three rounds. So this week we have 12, questions three rounds of four questions each uh so round one is entitled band members so there are four questions and i'm gonna let you choose cam uh one two three or four let's go with two question number two so these are questions related to the band members but may not actually be about the band Exhibit A. Question two. What is the name of the top ten song by Paul McCartney, Rihanna, and Kanye West? Oh. I'm... I'm gonna have to take the choices. Okay. The options are All Day, Only One, four, five Seconds, or Save Us.
3: Oh, my wife's gonna be upset. I don't know this one.
1: Um... What was the third one you said there, James? Four or five seconds. Let's go with that. That is correct for a point. Good guess. Joe, one, three, or four? Uh, let's see what number one's all about. Okay. In which city were John Lennon's ashes scattered?
0: Uh, I'll take the choices.
1: Liverpool, London, New York, or L.A.? I'm gonna go with New York. Correct, for a point, and there is a bonus attached to this. So just so you know, Cam, you're going to get question four next because that's the other question in this round with a bonus. So, Joe, Under. the bonus question, what is the name of the memorial? So the his Fields. memorial, John Strawberry Lennon's memorial. Fields. Correct, for a bonus point. So you do have a 2-1 lead, but I think you're going to do all right with question four, Cam. I literally
0: almost answered the question without the choices, Strawberry Fields.
1: There weren't any choices, so there you go. No,
0: I mean the first question.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you could have got two points there. Three. That's what I mean. (laughs) Cam, what is Ringo Starr's real name? Ooh. Oh, I know it's uh, Starkey. Uh... Richard peace Starkey. And, Correct the two and love. points. Peace and and love. Here is the bonus question. <laughs> how old is Ringo Starr at the time of this recording?
3: Well, I'm pretty sure they picked him up when he was about 14. I'm not sure how early on it was. Uh, let's just go with 14.
1: Oh, wait, hold on. You're saying that Ringo <laughs> Starr is currently 14 years old. Right now, right now. Oh,
3: right now. I thought you. I thought you said when they got him.
1: No, I meant at the time of the recording of this podcast, i.e., today. I. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: how old is Ringo Starr right
2: now?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'd
3: say uh, fourteen. 14. <laughs> uh, I'd probably go with uh, eighty-six.
1: Well, he's actually younger than that, but interestingly, he is the oldest member. Of the Beatles, he is 81 years old. So oh, it's, yep. it's three points to two, and the final question in this round, Joe, is question three. What religion did George Harrison adopt in the 1960s?
0: Ah, uh, let's. I'll just take a flyer here. No, no choices. Okay. He became a Buddhist.
1: He actually became a Hindu, so ah, you do okay. not get any points there, which means we're moving on to round two. The subject of this round, the early years. And Cam, you can have five, six, seven or eight. You guys have to stick with the trend of all the super fans. Always coming seven. Nice, easy one for you as well. Who became the band's manager in 1962? Uh, that would be uh, Brian Epstein. It would for two points. Joe, five, six, or eight?
0: Uh, Let's go with eight.
1: Where did the Beatles record their first studio single?
0: I guess I'll take the choices.
1: Was it Abbey Road, Devons Road, Star Lane, or Langdon Park?
0: Star Lane.
1: No, it was Abbey Road. Five or six, Cam? Cam.
3: let's go with five and before you read it i'd like to say so i don't sound completely out there your ringo question i mixed up with george (laughs) i picked the youngest instead of the
1: oldest what year did the band change their name to the beatles
3: hmm i might have to take the choices on this one
1: Okay, was it 1956, 1958, 1960, or 1963?
3: Well, they released an album in 62. John and Paul didn't meet till 68. What was, uh, 1960.
1: 1960, correct for a point. Good logic applied there. Uh, Joe, the final question this round. What was the name of the Beatles' first studio album? And I will give you a clue. There is also a single of this name.
0: I'll take the choices.
1: Was it North America, Please Please Me, Europe, or South America?
0: Please Please Me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not quite sure what's going on with the multiple choice <laughs> options there, Patrick, <laughs> but Joe, you get a point. he, was, and I think he was trying
0: to th- maybe throw off idiot Joe and be like, well, it's got to be one of those other three locations i
1: feel like that was part
3: of the handicap you guys were talking about last (laughs) week
1: and here comes the third and final round the subject is the hits cam 9 10 11 or 12 let's go 10 number 10 and i'm going to assume we're talking about the uk charts here how many beatles songs reached number one i'm gonna
3: have to take the choices for sure
1: okay 8, 13 14 or 20. let's let's go with unlucky 13 20 20 number oh, yeah. ones 9 11 or 12 joe uh 12 excellent you've got a lyrical question please complete the lyric she's got a ticket to ride but
0: she don't care.
1: For two points. Ooh, wow, it's getting close. Cam, you have a one point lead. This is your final question. Nine or 11? Let's go with nine. Which Beatles song was in the UK top 100 for the longest time? Go with the choices well what's the what's the score before okay so you have a one point advantage so obviously if you can get this without the options you win right here right now if you get it with the options joe needs to get his question without any choices okay can you read it one more time which beatles song spent the longest time in the uk top 100 I mean, I can give you four options. They are all four Beatles songs. I don't know how much it'll help.
0: I think he's got yeah, to take, take the choices because if he if he stabs and it's not even on the list, then
1: that's true. Would you like Would you like the options? I'll take the options. Okay, is it? I want to hold your hand. Hey Jude, come together, or the long and winding road.
3: Oh, sh- I'm. As soon as I heard it, that's the one I wanted to go with. Hey Jude.
1: Hey Jude, for a point. So Joe, if you can get this next question right without taking the options, we go to the tiebreaker. Okay. It's another lyrical question. Oh boy. (laughs) It's been a hard day's night and...
0: I've been working like a
1: dog. Correct, for two points, we go to the tiebreaker. (laughs) Again, Cam, it's a numerical answer. So you can either set the line and Joe takes the over-under, or you can let Joe set the line and you can take the over-under.
3: Um, I'll take the uh, over-under.
1: Okay, Joe, that you have to give me an answer, Joe. How yes. many times is the word help sung during the song help? Forty. 40 is Joe's answer. Over, under 40. Hmm.
3: That's a pretty good, pretty good line. I'm going to go with, uh, I really, I really don't know this one. I wish you would have <laughs> used uh, <laughs> a different song. <coughs> <laughs> Let's go with uh,
1: Let's go with under. You were right to go under. It actually wasn't that good a line either. 17 was the answer. <laughs> Only said 17 <laughs> times during the song. It was a nail biter and I Ooh. loved it. Uh, congratulations, Cam. You have won this Beatles super fan quiz. You have conquered Mr. Stapleton and you will get a super Poker PokerStars swag pack dispatched to your home address.
3: That is absolutely awesome. I appreciate this, guys. This this means the world to me. Just being on here and I listen to you guys every week. My wife kind of wonders why I'm in so much poker when I can't go out and play myself. <laughs> uh, but this this is just a treat. This is awesome.
0: Well, I'm glad delightful. you had fun, Cam.
3: And also, if I can say one thing, um, I've heard you mention the Run Good series a couple times, tapes, and uh, I actually just won a seat to my very first live event i've ever played in oh cool i'm leaving tomorrow for uh rgps horseshoe iowa and we'll be out there in that event and uh if you guys could just just wish me some luck first time ever being out there i don't know how to take it i'm nervous
1: uh oh man well ultimately my advice would be just enjoy the experience i hope things go your way i hope that you run well but either way just enjoy it Relax. Have fun. Thank you.
0: I agree with James and also good luck. Thanks,
3: James. I appreciate it. It means
0: a lot. (laughs) Sure. (music) All right, my babies. That's just about all the time we have got for this week's show. Use Discord to comment on the show. Submit your ideas, your superfan applications, and of course to make your own ruling. Coming up, next week all of the results from the aforementioned global poker awards i do not expect to be celebrating any wins unless you count celebrating jeff platt and the grid
1: hey look you got two nominations joe surely one of them has to come through
0: we got some nominations and uh the only reason i actually want to win is because i have a very fun funny speech planned. about uh anyway hopefully i get a chance to do it
1: Uh, you should have said that to eric you said look Regardless of whether I win or not, can you please let me up on stage to make a speech?
0: The problem is, it's a winner's speech, so it won't make a lot of sense. Uh, uh, we are uh, hoping also, to. Gr-
1: also, I imagine, yeah. I imagine that Eric probably has memories of when they let you on stage at these award shows back in the day when they'd ask you to host these things, and he's like, "No, we're good. We're fine."
0: Everything's good, Stapes. No, we're good. Why don't you just why don't you just sit down here, have a have a muffin. Uh, speaking of the winners, we are yeah. hoping to grab one of them and get them on the show uh, in the very near future. Hopefully next week. If not, uh, we'll grab one of the losers we like. Uh, <laughs> that shouldn't be too difficult. Hey, you were nominated. We like you.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think um, either way, we'll try and theme it around the awards will reveal or we'll run through all the winners, and yeah, surely there'll be someone at the ceremony you can strong-arm to speak right. into us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, one of the losers, just like whoever chose the super fan subject of the Rocky Horror Picture Show next I week. I don't
1: pick the subjects, Joe. The super <laughs> fans pick the subjects. Eventually, you're going to stumble across stuff that you don't want, right? Because all the good stuff will have gone.
0: That's true. And, uh, well, I've gone this long without seeing the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I guess I'm Finally, gonna have to watch this on a weeknight alone. You know the way it was intended to be done, <laughs> like a, just a just a Monday night movie, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Anyway, that is all the time we have got for this week's show. Thanks for sitting through all my stories this week, guys. It's been a, it's been a really interesting week, and hopefully, the Global Poker Awards will also continue the fun uh, little. I don't know, adventures I've been having that I get to share with you guys. But for now, that is all the time we've got for this week's show. Until next time, for James Hardigan, I'm Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.